Adventure, guys. Here we go. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. Here we are. Here we are. Two grown men on a Zoom with microphones (laughs) in front of our faces here to talk about cartoons yet again for the 47th consecutive week. Actually, yeah, I'll just say that. More or less. More or less 47. Who's counting? Who's counting? Um, it's good to see you, Eric. We had a nice little catch up before this started, which can can be good. So we don't just nerd out about things pe- nobody needs to hear about. <laughs> Get it out of our system a little bit. The subway lines, New York City. Yeah. Compelling stuff. Very compelling. Well, hey, that actually, uh, you know, relates to today's episode of Adventure Time that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. There was a subway station in there. Was a, it? It's a place... <laughs> Where the Lich, who's the most evil character in the show, he goes into a subway station to get all of his evil powers replenished. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because I'm pretty sure when I was on the subway last weekend, I saw him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Pretty sure he was the guy on the E-train screaming all the way from Long Island City to Jamaica. (laughs) How does it feel to be on the subway right now? Uh, it's fine. Yeah. The, um, so the, the Long Island railroad, Mm -hmm. uh, into the city, I happened to go on this past Sunday, which I forgot was the pride parade. Oh, and the entire train was gay as fuck. I was like, Oh my (laughs) gosh, they knew I was coming. (laughs) Then I remembered it was the, uh, the parade, but, uh, the train was also free. And I don't know if that was on purpose or if they charged the straight people, but I, I got to ride the Long Island Railroad for free. No one came to take a ticket or anything. So, Dude, what a day that must have been to just walk in there and, and discover <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so great. So great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I was working. I was uh, heading into the studio to work, but uh, the train was, was all party. It was all <laughs> party, baby. All a party. Yeah, Eric and I were just talking. I mean, I'm moving back soon. Seems like September 1st, and now I'm in the throes of looking for an apartment in New York City, which is a delight, except it's not. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of a little bit. They they come and go so fast is the hard part. Like, listings can go up and get taken down within, like, two days. So you got to, like, be on the ball, moving fast. And I can't see it. I'm going to have to rely on a friend to be, like, to go in and be, take a video. And I'll be like, looks good to me. Let's go. Um Oh, yeah. Which is fine, but also I would like to be there and just see. One time I uh, was looking at a house to move into uh, in Texas, and it was, you know, the listing was moving pretty quickly. Like they said, other people were applying and stuff. Uh, and one of the roommates couldn't be there to look at the house. And I was like, oh, like, I'll just take pictures. And I, and I get there and like, oh, you can't take pictures. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Uh, one of the, like, previous tenants hadn't finished like moving out so like they were like privacy invasion you can't take pictures because he has stuff in here i guess but come on (laughs) boo uh that's dumb well yeah hopefully that doesn't happen to you how'd that work out was it did you take that place uh yeah we got it it was it was fine (laughs) oh there you go yeah i would love to live now i've lived in a house i just i want to live in a house i'd love it Versus an apartment, uh, but hey, I got it. I'm going to the Big Apple. It's what it is. What it is, you know. <laughs> um, <ooh. laughs> yeah. Um, what else happened this week? We both enjoyed the new Turnstile video. Hell yeah! That man, I could like it was. I, I know I said this. It was just so cool. Yeah, it was cool. I know they're kind of just undeniably one of the coolest bands in rock and roll right now. Right, I don't know how the all the tones on that recording are just so cool. Like they're not they're not necessarily what you would expect, but they're just oh man, the guitar sounds really great. Like the this okay, this is actually what inspired me to buy this uh, 
noise gate pedal yeah. that I'm showing you right now. <laughs> the gating on the guitar tone in that video, in that song, like when it comes in a uh, holiday, like the first uh -huh. like guitar riff, man, the gating is so fucking precise and crisp and it just sounds so cool. <laughs> Normally I'm not a fan of gating guitars that hard. Uh, it's like a very like super processed metal genty kind of thing. Yeah, which, yeah. Like you're using like fake drums that are obviously super fake, like just trigger sounds. And uh, I, I normally shy away from that kind of thing, but man, it hit so hard. And like, it was definitely like a tonal choice rather yeah. than it was like, we have to clean this up kind of thing, you know? I think it's Will Yip who produces them um, or he has in the past, at least. I know that they're working with some different people on this record, um, but dude, they did. I mean, it's cool. You were mentioning it too. The reverb, the tone. I was listening to it, and um, maybe it was TLC. And there's like a guitar alone where it's like a distorted or overdriven guitar that's playing chords. But then I listened to it on these monitors just before, and there's like a. He's either using like a, like a uh, what was it, like a whammy bar, like a tremolo bar, vibrato bar, or there's a subtle modulation on it. But it's just so perfect where it doesn't take away from it, but it adds extra motion and like. It's like still in the canon of like hardcore hard rock guitar, but then it just adds this little extra thing that's super cool, relevant, and hip, and just a little bit different, you know? Yeah. It's great. Unfortunately, we are both going to be in Texas when they play New York next. Yeah, and then they um, are playing Austin the day after I'll be moving into New York. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but that's how it goes. Um any any other news? We 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 were conversing a bunch on text this week. I, I can't remember any other big news items, but uh, um, Catbite announced a new album today. Oh, that's on cool. Bad Time Records. Uh, it's been a while since their first one, so yeah. Uh, new single came out today. Sounds good. I will go listen. I'm excited to see how they uh, keep progressing. Um, yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Oh, and uh, also my buddy. John Bravo, who goes by the moniker Mr. Kingpin, put out a new album today. Oh, cool. He uh, is the frontman, formerly of Rude King, nice. the long-running Dallas ska band. Uh, I toured with quite a bit. And uh, he's got a, a new album that's more authentic Jamaican styles of ska and reggae. Um, and it sounds really good. That's rad. Um, uh, Bo Burnham... I don't know where it was on the Billboard charts, but he had the 11th most streamed album in the country this week with the Inside soundtrack. Um, Man, that's that's interesting because it's like it's a it's a video presentation, yeah, and yet people are streaming just the audio, yeah, that much. I streamed it 10 times. Now here's something I was able to look at in the back end of Spotify because I have some extra things. Okay, so here's something that's interesting. I couldn't see all the data, like in Spotify for artists, but I could see some of it. It, um, it looks as though he's not on a lot of playlists. Like he did get on some big ones, but it is not like an, an album that's like in the top 10 is on a shitload of Spotify playlists, you know? This one's yeah. on like comedy songs and all new indie and like a couple of them. Um, and I went in the back and it looked like he was streaming roughly like a million or no, it was like 10 million times a day, but maybe he only had like a million listeners. I forget what it was. I wish I had pulled this up beforehand, but it was something roughly. It was like the median number of songs that the, that his listeners are listening to are like 10, meaning everybody who comes on and like most people are coming on and listening to the whole thing probably down. Dude, 10 million streams a day. That's so much money. I don't know if it was that many. God damn it. If you give me a, I could, I could, I could actually pull this up right now. Yeah, let's find out All right, how let's... many Spotify streams per day does Bo Burnham get. The people need to know. What I did want to just say about it, I've got, I had to get a second computer up to pull this up. Now, what I did want to say, though, about it, and he's he's gone on about this, about um, he did a great interview with Pete Holmes on his podcast like years ago and talking about how between each special, his, some of his fans have been like, is Bo Burnham dead? Like, I haven't heard from him in a while. And he's like, the constant cycle of being an entertainer makes it feel like you have to be putting out content all the time, all the time, all the time. And he was starting to just be like, that's exhausting. And he, he was like, I'm wondering if you spend 
more time on something and make it really fucking good and airtight and like as like groundbreaking best thing that you could ever make and you do that every four years does that have more staying power than just putting out something that's like pretty good every like couple months um and he he said this back in like 2015 or 16 and i was like huh i don't know but what's cool like he didn't put out a comedy record in so long and it's like hey it kind of like panned out for him like that and i think that's kind of a cool thing to see you know yeah yeah i was thinking about this today uh actually as i'm getting ready to record the new holophonics full length you know we haven't put out a full length album in three and a half years it'll probably be a full four before the next one comes out um you know we've had a couple singles since then but you need to do both like you have to put out singles to stay relevant but singles only go so far you know you put out a full album of 10 songs people will play 10 of your songs yeah, it's true. Well, it's okay. So here, I've got this stuff right here. So like in the first weekend that Bo Burnham put this out, he puts it out on like, so like on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he streams 10 to 11 million times each of those days when it comes out. Now oh. on those same days, it will look like he had maybe um, 800,000 listeners. So... That means most of those people are list. How many like listens does that average out to? I'd have to do some quick math, but it's like over 10 songs, a listener, meaning like most people are coming on and listening to the fuck out of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder what kind of deal he has with Netflix. Yeah. Because they're not a record label, obviously like, did he release it on a label like in, in conjunction with Netflix? Yeah. Um, I found some sort of, uh, um, thing that made it seem like he distributed it through a, a major label. I'm doing some quick maths of 10 million divided by 800,000. Dude, if he got, 10 million views. That's 12, sorry, but 12.5 listens on average per person, per, per listener, which is like absurdly high. Like that is absurdly high. Like if you went and looked at like what, like Maroon 5, there's no way it's like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like people or Megan the Stallion. Um, although I'm sure, you know, people do, there are a lot, they do get a lot of listeners, but that's just like outrageous. So if he got, over 10 million streams for the first three days. Yeah, that's 30 million right there. That's over $100,000 in streaming revenue in a weekend. Wow. Yeah, it's up uh, right now as a Bo Burnham self-release. But I'm wondering if it it was issued through Interscope. Is this interesting at all to people? I, I gotta imagine it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway. Um, that's a lot of money, right? And I, but, but it, I don't know. Just, I feel like that's like a really cool thing to see. You know, that like somebody took the time to make a, a, a pretty idiosyncratic piece of art that's specific to them that I don't really, I think people can do. And in the age of TikTok and over things and you, and you, I think people, you, you know, relevancy will can usurp art, you know what I mean? And marketing and these things are so important that to see somebody just come out and just drop this piece of art. And dude, he hasn't done an interview about inside. He hasn't done one interview. He's done like two Instagram posts. He's just, it just is the thing. And the thing is that like great and zeitgeisty. Um, it's fucking cool, right? Yeah. Man. Like, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen anyone do that uh, in a long time. I don't know, man. But I was like, shit, he's like running circles around like a lot of major label artists. The music industry, man. 
anyway, dude, I'm very excited about your solo record and our EP. I, it was great that we got to pr- uh, premiere the song last time. The 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 art, I've seen the art and I love it. I can't wait for everyone to see it because you fucking drew it. It's your first thing. <laughs> yeah. The world needs to see it. I, I don't, I don't want to spoil it at all, but it's cool. It's cute. <laughs> this um, is related, but in a way that no one will know. That video you sent me with the frogs. Yeah. On top of each other. Yeah. Did you know where that music was from? No. <laughs> where is it from? It's from Earthbound, the video game. Like the 1994 Super Nintendo RPG. Yeah. <laughs> it's the battle music. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Earthbound is such a wacky game. Dude, I don't I, need I saw to... Sean was doing something with uh, that guy who streams Earthbound. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" worlds yeah. are colliding yeah sean's solo record he it came out and you guys should go go listen to it but yeah he was doing something like that yeah, was fine. oh also i put out a um um a barbecue playlist so i guess it's after fourth of july now but i put up my ultimate barbecue playlist i've been talking about that for a while and it's now up on my instagram <laughs> yeah um yeah man um i don't know i feel like i got a little disjointed when i went to go get my second computer but I would love to discuss the episode. <laughs> sure, let's do that. Episode discussion. We watched season two, episode 25, Mortal Folly. Yeah, very cool episode. It, it, uh, it Really cool episode. I could talk about this episode a lot. I hope you do. I want to hear, Eric, I have a habit of taking over a lot um, and, and, and speaking a lot about, you know, taking us through an order. But I would love to hear your thoughts. I think I, I have lots of thoughts and questions, um, but just for everybody, you know, here's how it starts. Uh, Princess, Bubblegum, Finn and Jake are meditating and they're all thinking about different things. And Prince Bubblegum thinks of the Lich and then she goes and shows them the Lich well, uh, do you want to just we, let's talk about it and, 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 and get and get the fun stuff going. So, yeah. yeah. What do you want to say about the beginning part? This beginning part, like, really set off a lot in my mind. Um, again, season two episode. Uh, we've been watching a lot of season two and I love how season two sits in the overall arc of the whole series. It's like perfectly positioned to be whimsical and carefree, but also set up a lot of interesting world building. Princess Bubblegum is a little bit of a different character Mm -hmm. uh, than she is later on in the show. And there was like just one line of dialogue that really struck a chord with me that like, I just zoomed in on uh, where she's meditating. Right. Um, And she says, she's got to go check on something. And Finn asks her, Oh, can we come with? And her response is like, yes, perhaps you are ready to come with. Yeah. For some reason, I really like drilled into that. It sounds different than the way she speaks later on in the show, doesn't it? It does. And I want to ask you and posit that is this episode could be kind of a turning point in the series. Oh, it certainly is. It it certainly is. But... You know, I think maybe even in the way that she thinks of Finn, the way we think of Finn, the way Finn might think of himself. Um, let's keep going and I'll bring up more of that. Um, yeah, well, I think her character, uh, like in these early seasons, like they really lean into her being a princess. Yeah. And they write her in that particular way. Um, and she's got sort of this, like royalty majestic erudite kind of persona um and it's it's funny in a way that i don't think you see later on in the show as much no um, later especially like after the whole king of who thing happens and she becomes more normal like she's a lot more grounded later on yeah but the the weird thing is how they juxtapose that that like royal air to her with silly kind of language in terms of phrase like 
perhaps you are ready to come with. Yeah. Like just ending a sentence with a preposition like that. Yeah. Like super casual. I think there's a lot in the first few seasons where she just interjects a lot of this silly slang in the land of ooh. Mm-hmm. Even though she she speaks in a very professional and, and high society kind of manner. And it's it's funny hearing that kind of character use the kind of language that Finn and Jake use. Yeah. And I don't think you get a lot of that uh, later on. I think she's, you know, she loses her, um, her high status and she just kind of talks about things getting donked up <laughs> with, uh, you know, a little less pretense, I suppose. I think you're right. I think it's, it's, we're in a sweet spot in this episode where. Yeah. The, um, it made me really think about like how the, how the, like the slang like affects. Yeah. Everything, you know, like now one, one, here's the one thing I I do want to ask. I haven't asked this in a long time, but some of the slang they used it, that they used in it makes me feel a little weird in that it feels like they're ironically using black slang sometimes. For okay. Okay. I had the same thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, okay. So as, as we know, as we all know, uh, basically all slang that white people use has been stolen from black culture. Sure. And the comedic trope of a character trying to use slang uh, from from across a uh, a racial divide or across a generational divide is, you know, that trope is overused. Uh, like, right, the Steve Buscemi, how do you do, fellow kids? Like, yes. that kind of thing, right. Um, but it's used in Adventure Time, like the slang, in this very particular way that just, it's, to me, it's inextricably linked to a millennial-specific flavor. It's it's yeah. it's got this it's got this dorky lame kind of quality. So it seems like like they're just inventing random slang like that's not really tethered to any cultural consciousness, but it's done in such a way that like was very 2007 2008 early social media very tied to the millennial mindset of like random humor. Yeah. It really zeroed in on on that for me. Like yeah, talking I, about things like slam a cow and that's algebraic and you know. Well, those are cool. It, it's to me when it gets a little bit closer to uh what feels like black slang, which makes me have to go like, huh, okay. Is this okay or is it I mean, I think it is. I don't think they're doing it necessarily in a ri- ironic fashion, but I think it's playing against that this is a children's show and you don't usually talk this way in a children's cartoon and also that you have like a character like princess bubblegum say right well it's so it's some so of these things is, i think it's it's very tied into the cultural moment of like the white millennial creators of the show that yeah. like you know that were writing these lines in 2008 like yeah. you know early days of of social media the way we use it but there's like now, you know there's it, kind of like the what you doing kind of a a vibe from princess bubblegum sometimes or yo give me that homie like all these things were (laughs) that they like say and which is okay and i'm not saying you can't i'm not saying that but just sometimes that it uh i like it's really situational for me like sometimes they'll say something and i'll be like feels a little weird coming out of this character's mouth (laughs) right but 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 the weirdness to me feels like it's it's that specific brand of yeah. this is being ironic and random that millennials tried to really, you know, make their mark with uh-huh. like 12 years ago. Yeah. Which I so I, I'm already, you know, at the age, right, where I, I am starting to notice Gen Z type slang yeah, at, that yeah. I don't understand. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I suppose that's that's a thing that every generation goes through. Sure. Right, where you start noticing like an actual detachment. Oh from yeah, I see Gen linguistics. Z, Gen Z people do stuff. I'm like, that's dumb. And I was like, holy shit, it's <laughs> happening. Yeah, but this this kind of speech feels so tied to that moment. Yes, it does. Um, but it's still, you know, look, it's out of the ordinary. I think it does. What what it also it doesn't feel harmful or predatory or super ironic. 
um, or making fun of. I think it just uses to like further be like this cartoon is in a different world than where we usually are, and and it's it's fine. Um, but they so they they're meditating. Uh, she thinks of the lich, and then she's like, "I think you're ready for this," and they go. And now I'm not exactly sure why they're going to see the lich, other than that it was in her dreams, but. They go and see the Lich, and she sort of explains. Now, is this the first time in the series we're meeting the Lich? Uh, I think he's been foreshadowed. Yeah. But she actually, like, explains, right? That, like, he was coming to take all life everywhere, right? Um, yeah. And wanted to end. Wanted there to be no more life. <laughs> yeah, so there, there have been hints at the lich up until this point i i don't remember specifically how how it all lines up but uh this is definitely the points in the in the series during my first watch through where i was like okay i'm in now it was this episode oh, really? because yeah well this is technically the season 2 finale uh it's a two part episode and i think because of the airing order there was another random episode that got tacked on to the end of the season two production but this is part one of the season two finale um and this is where a real story seems to like coalesce for the first time yeah like i i thought like maybe the season one finale would would start getting into it and it really doesn't uh but yeah i remember like being very frustrated my first watch through of the show like not really seeing uh, a plot through line until this episode. Yeah. Now I was starting to talk about it, but I would love if you talked about a bit more just about like what she says about the Lich, like that, that, that quick preamble. Uh, I forget what she says specifically about him, but this is the thing about the Lich is like, he really doesn't have much of a backstory. No. Um, and he's kind of a one-dimensional character. I think, like, he literally is the embodiment of evil, like yeah. just pure evil. He just wants the end of all life. He just, just wants death. all living things on Earth done. And and at some point, he got trapped in this amber inside this tree. Well, Billy, the legendary oh, yeah. hero, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, managed to defeat him in battle, I guess, and trap him in there. Um, I don't know if we've met Billy yet at this point. It's in just the show. Billy. I think has just been referred to. I think in this at this point. Um, but while they're in there and I don't, I still don't get exactly why they're in there, but basically for her to just show them and explain this. And while they're in there, we, uh, we see our buddy, the snail crawl out of Finn's backpack. He waves at <laughs> this us. Is, this is one of those episodes. Yeah. He waves at us as princess bubblegum is saying, look, if you don't have a gem on your head, the lich will get into your head and like start fucking with you and controlling you. And immediately our snail friend that happens to, and he's almost possessed and starts crawling towards the lich and then bashes his head into this amber that the lich is in, uh, enclosed in until there's a little hole and he comes out and they look, they turn around and the lich is out of the, the amber and just there on the ground. And it's like, Oh fuck. Um, she's just explained that this is very bad. Like this is the devil incarnate. Yeah. So like, I think really for the first time in in the show, like there are very real stakes. Like it doesn't feel like a one-off conflict. Uh, it feels like this is something that's a lot bigger now. Like this this big bad is is out, and it feels like there's going to be more. Like yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think I think they they set it up where it's like, okay, we're just going to introduce him now, and like yeah, like they'll probably beat him, but he's going to be coming back. Yeah. And this is a, this is a, like, he threatens the entire land of you. Like it's not like ice King or something where it's like an annoyance and he's like an inept guy stealing. Right. Uh, I think at this point, ice King was still probably considered the main antagonist. Yeah, I think so. And I think bringing ice King in to be a fucking pain in the ass, pestering them while they're trying to recapture the lich just kind of shows like, Oh, by the way, like we're being serious now. Like, if you thought Ice King was going to be like the jokey kind of bad guy for this show, here he is next to like the real bad guy, just so you can see how like serious we are. Wow, killer! I, I that's awesome, Eric. I, I, you know, Ice King's inclusion in this episode was honestly infuriating. 
um, <laughs> yeah. as he can be. But this is like one of the first times I think in the show you're just like, holy shit, dude, we have more important things at hand. Like you were being fucking annoying. Um, yeah, it's cool. Like they, the, the world opens up a little bit and it's a little bit bigger. And so they're out. Um, Finn immediately goes, uh, Jake, turn into a sword and tries to hit the lich and he's still like dust that goes out. <laughs> that was so lame. Yeah. <laughs> like, nice try, guys. <laughs> but that was fine. They tried. And then Princess Bubblegum's like, let's go to a different secret room. And she reveals this, um, this gaunt, is it called a gauntlet? The, the thing that, right? Yeah. It goes on yeah. the hand. It's what, it's the only thing that's been proven to hurt the lich and it's what Billy used um, way back when. And she puts it on Finn and says, Finn, you have to go. Like, if you don't stop the lich, this means the end of all life as we know it. And he goes immediately without skipping beat. He goes, well, that won't happen. And Princess Bubblegum blushes. And, you know, at this moment, I was just really thinking like, holy shit. Like, is this the first true honest to God fucking hero shit that he really has? Like, this is some real hero shit. Like he is no longer like preparing and dreaming of being a hero. I'm like at this moment, Finn is stepping into hero shoes. Like the fate of the world is in his hands as far as they know it. And he just goes no fear. Yeah. I think they're, they're still kind of using the, um, the dynamic of Finn crushing on. Yeah. This bubble gum, that relationship between the two of them is still a little ambiguous. Uh, and the way they write princess Bubblegum in this episode plays into it <clears throat> in a yeah. way that's a little bit, annoying to me but you know i don't think they they stick with that vibe for very much longer no. and actually I th the second part of this two-parter addresses that head-on but it still kind of leaves it hanging for a little wh while into the series yeah well so she so she what eric's talking about is that she then goes you know it can get cold with the lich so i'm going to give you this sweater i made now it's a pink sweater with a heart on it and Finn puts it on and goes, I love it and goes. And I just like, I don't know, just as being a, a, a young boy myself once at the age of 13, I would never have put on a pink sweater as I was going to the craziest battle of my entire life. Like that just like goes against masculinity tropes. But like, I just, it just speaks to the sort of, um, just what makes Finn great. You know, he's just like, he sees what's actually good and not, there's any sort of like norms in society a lot of times that bog people down and uh he goes out and but as they're getting ready to go out ice king comes in and is just like hey guys i want your approval to uh marry princess bubblegum <sighs> fucking ice king get the fuck out of this episode and they're just like uh dude we don't have time for this get out of here <laughs> so then they start going and they're trying to get the lich and ice king like stops them like he puts them in the ice house and he's like i need you guys please like she loves you, like you know. She'll, she'll maybe she'll do it if if uh if you say can. Like I'm really serious about this, and they're just like fuck off, and they like he uses the gauntlet to get the fuck out of there, and it's just like dude, like the fate of the world is at stake here, and you're getting in the mess. Um, the only you know one of the things that did bum me out, not just Ice King, but everyone else, like Finn, Jake, Princess Bubblegum, you could tell just tell Ice King what's going on. Like I don't know if he could comprehend it. I don't know if he has the intelligence intelligence but i kind of wish that they had yeah i don't think he um could have figured it out even if they were point blank with him yeah not it, at this point in his character arc he's just so dumb um it is it is kind of weird because like later on like seasons later after this that's probably something you could explain to ice king and you might have to like dress it up in a certain way but he like i could see him getting on board with a situation where like they either needed his help or just needed him to get out of the way. But like this early season two ice King is just such a fucking idiot. Yeah. But I think they need him to be, to foil how serious the lich is. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And it's just annoying, but I think what you're, I think you're right. Eric is that it's really showing how we're opening up this world and how much bigger it, how much more headroom there really is to go. Like up until this point, you might think it's smaller, but now all of a sudden the whole world is sick. There's someone this bad and this evil that's in here. And now he's out and our Finn and Jake are doing it. Like it's kind of like it, being in a room that has like 
you know, eight foot ceilings. And then you step out of your, your room into another room that has like 20 foot ceilings. And you're like, Oh shit, this is different. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, um, I, I think a, a lot of the audience really keyed into that. Um, at least subconsciously. Now, I mean, I said, you know, this is the part where this is the episode where I got fully on board with the show, but I, I think the fandom is really into the lich as mm-hmm. like a main antagonist as a main villain. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I've said before, I don't really believe that the spirit of the show supports there being a main antagonist and the lich is like basically totally defeated by the end of season five. And yeah. we've, re- we've reviewed the, uh, I think the season six, season six, episode two or something where like he gets turned into sweet pea. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, there's the alternate timeline lich that comes in for a little bit. And then like the hand that gets cut off. Like, so the lich like comes back, but <clears throat> the main lich storyline is over after five seasons. And for some reason, I still see in the fandom, like, oh, why was Gold the final villain at, in the finale? It should have been the Lich coming back. Like, people just love the Lich. I mean, it's a cool character, and Ron Perlman is a great voice actor, but it's it's not, there's nothing there beyond it being cool. Like, there's no there's nowhere else to go with this character. It's just the embodiment of pure evil. Cool. No, but I, th- I think what, you're, what you were starting off saying might be true is that Subconsciously, it's the first time that the series gets real. And right, opens and I think up. I think maybe uh, the general fandom's wires might have just gotten crossed a little bit because of that moment, like of seeing like the Lich be the the representation of like the world of ooh can be so yeah. much bigger that it's it's stuck in a lot of people's minds. Is like this is the coolest villain. This is the main antagonist, and I think it's more just he's a tool to to build the world a little bit more but he's i i i disagree that the spirit of the show calls for there to be any particular main antagonist uh although it was some nice fan service that he wound up being the bad guy in the distant land special and i think that was a nice way to really tie off his arc at least in opposition to finn and jake yeah and i i think that it 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 just it the first villain, there's something special about it in, in all, you know, I think about like growing up watching the Batman movies and the first one where Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Um, now the Joker might be the best Batman villain. I'm not, you know, maybe, but I think that since that was the first one, everyone got to see, I think that like, you know, when Heath Ledger comes in to be the Joker, it's a big deal because we all are like, oh, the Joker is kind of the big one. Like that's also that happened to be the best Batman movie up until probably until the point that he was <laughs> in the franchise. But I don't know if that's a good one, but, you know, or like um, Spider-Man and the Green Goblin or something like I just think like the first one where you're you're discovering the characters, you're meeting them, like you're learning how the world works, you're learning you're learning the morality and where everyone stands and like the, the villains play a huge part in that. So they're kind of inextricably linked from like the first excitement you have about the show or whatever you're watching. Yeah. See, I think that in a show as sprawling as adventure time, the more common move, the more expected move would be to make your first villain have a redemption arc. Yeah. Um, well, I guess is that, yeah, I think, and I think that's where the Ice King kind of comes into play. Uh, it's a weird, it's a weird relationship because whether you view Ice King as a villain or not, I guess he was the first villain. Um, but you kind of forget about him being a villain. Like it's, it's a little bit weird. But having a good redemption arc is something that a cartoon like like Adventure Time is expected to do. Yeah, for for the Lich to to. I, I guess you know the Lich does have a redemption arc. He turns into Sweet Pea. Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna so, yeah. ask you. Um, so yeah, there. I mean, that's another trope. Like it's it's great. How, I like they do they do play into narrative tropes like in in a way that makes sense and is still emotionally resonant. Like you know, they, like they follow some rules. Yeah, and they find unique ways to do it. 
Um, but yeah, I, it's there's a lot of discussion about the Lich. I think maybe he's overrated. That's just my opinion. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of depth to his actual character. Yeah. Uh, but narratively, he's used in a way that affects a lot of other things about the show. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of get the you know I, I, where why people might really think of him as the ultimate evil because they don't they don't really undercut the Lich with like comedy, right? No, there's no right. Yeah, he doesn't so have any no, comedic turns. No comedic turns. Like they don't undercut. They don't. They don't humanize him as he's the Lich. So I, I just think that that. He really, it's like, oh shit, like this is, like it feels bad when he's on screen. It feels real. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, there's not even a backstory. Yeah. There is well, no backstory. And I, that's kind of, I think that's kind of part of what makes him so sinister. Yeah. Is yeah. that like you, it's not that you don't know how he came to be. It's just that it doesn't even fucking matter. He's just like pure evil. Yeah. So like that's, there's no you can't like humanize origin him. story for you the You can't leash. humanize him or be like, oh man, he was abused as a kid or like. You know, the different tropes of, uh, or this accident happened or his family was taken or whatever. Right. Like. And, and actually that's, uh, talking about the Joker for the longest time, the Joker was one of the, you know, most well-known villains without an origin story. Right. On purpose. Yeah. And, you know, people wrote versions of what could be considered a Joker origin story, but I think technically there is no canon origin for the Joker. Yeah. Which I prefer. It's scarier. It's weirder. Like to not know, it's 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 worse. Um anyway, so they're equipped. Now they, they're going. Eventually Ice King goes back, gets Princess Bubblegum, and Finn and Jake are getting close to the Lich, and Ice King comes back with Princess Bubblegum. They're like, get the fuck out of the way, dude. We have to get the Lich. And then eventually the Lich gets to his source of all evil, which is in this uh subway, and Finn and Jake just go down. Um, and there's all these skeleton zombies that are trying to get them. And it's funny. Uh, Ice King is like scared to go down into the subway for, for a bit. And it's just, up. he's like, I want to go down. He's like, oh, a hole's a hole. And then he just jumps down in there, which is a weird thing to say. Do you uh, remember what, uh, what train number it was? Oh no, I don't. Do you? I forget. I forget. Uh, we should look it up and remember to either a avoid that subway line yeah. or being go take like, photos there <laughs> yeah yeah that, yeah let's do both um and uh they go down there and then they get past it and then the lich is there and uh they go to try to stop him and he just tells finn to go Shh. he shushes him gently breaks the gauntlet and they throw him across and then he's getting he's getting it better and they like kind of and then ice king shows up with princess bubblegum and um Jake tries to fight the Lich by getting big, obviously, and bark at him doesn't work. And in the oh, process, yeah. that's, that's hilarious. Every time Jake does a real dog kind of thing, I love it. Yeah. And then there, <laughs> there are things break the the gems that's protecting them from the Lich. And uh, although Ice King doesn't have one of those gems on his head that protect him from the Lich. Yeah, but he's got his own crown, right? Okay, that gives him his own brand of crazy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know if his brain was just so twisted at this point it's like impervious to the lich um and uh but then finn's there and then he's immediately in this lich world which is very cold and the lich is saying like um it's cold don't come into the well um and at this moment i was like this is cool now i wanted to have a question for you eric and it's kind of alluring like you're saying ron perlman's a great voice actor and you're kind of going and you're like i kind of want to go into the well right now and i'm not even a cartoon (laughs) but i was wondering i was like eric would you be able to go in the well or would, would you be transfixed by it or would you be sitting there listening to the sound design behind his voice and being like, oh, that's some cool panning uh, delay they have here and like a really nice reverb and oh, I like the way they treated his voice. And like, <laughs> and he'd be like, no, pay attention. Come on, God damn it. It's cold. Dude, there was some really awesome chiptune music in this episode. Yeah. That's uh, funny. But, uh, but Finn is being a lord, but then he has the spider on. That Princess Bubblegum gave him, and he's like, the opposite of pure evil is liking someone a whole lot. And he snaps out of it and he beats the Lich, and then he goes, uh, like, spell, and he jumps up onto the Lich's fucking head, shoulders, and throws the sweater through his eye sockets. Oh my God, this was so hardcore. And then lifts it up until his 
he snaps his upper jaw completely off and his head wide open and the lich just disintegrates. <laughs> so brutal. Yeah. Um, that, that was awesome. I really like that moment. So awesome. Um, and then and then there it's done. And then it's like, cool, we're gonna go. And Ice King's like, I'll let Princess Bubblegum go. And then he releases her and uh from this like ice shackles and drops her straight into the well. And he says, Oops, I guess I got a case of the dropsies. <laughs> Episode over. Episode over. <laughs> wow. Uh, fucking Ice King. Um, Eric, do I do I have to ask you if you saw the snail? Yeah, did you see the snail? Yep. So when we started this podcast, I knew that there were these episodes in there where it was like unavoidable, where the snail is a plot point. Yeah. He's like a character that does things. And I was like, eventually we're gonna get to one of those and we're gonna we're gonna see it and it's gonna be great. I mean, we've seen the snail plenty of times since since then. But yeah. here we are at this very pivotal moment in the snail's character arc. So yes, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? I did. Play that theme song, yes. baby. Get it. Looking in the scenery throughout the land of Ooh. Eli's in wait for me and you. We saw the snail. We saw the snail. We saw the since we got that one i know i'm really excited to hear it um should we get into some mania sure I'm sorry. What? I have to leave in five minutes. Five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Uh, we're going to a show that uh, our roommate's playing. It's Corey's birthday, so I got we got to get out there. I, I lost track of time. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's okay, because I don't really see a whole lot of miscellaneous mania on this one. No, we kind of really talked about the context. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of good references to, you know, Billy and whatever. Oh, you could see the uh, the gauntlet dock from uh, Business Time. Oh, cool! I love that when they're when they're speeding through the water, uh, makes an appearance. I missed it, but apparently it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I thought it was cool. Uh, you see Finn um, clearing his mind when he's meditating, and you get that really badass image of him with the mechanical arm. I yeah. love how early they're foreshadowing that. It's like a real simple element, but like. They just like really peppered it in throughout the whole series pretty consistently that he's going to lose his arm at some point. Yeah. There's so many different versions of of Finn with a mechanical arm. It's awesome. It's great. I love that too. They they got a plan or something. Uh, but I don't have anything else. No, I'm, I'm not really seeing anything else. But at least we got to still hear the Miscellaneous Mania theme song. 
<laughs> Should we pick, uh, a, well, pick, then let's ep- pick an episode for next week? Yes. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Here's a fun number, episode 99. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Till the daddy took the T-bird away. <laughs> it's going to be season four, episode 21. Who would win? Great. Great title for an episode. You get a little Marceline in this one. Dewey, I don't remember anything about it. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing her. Oh, we get a Matthew Broderick cameo in this one very interesting that's weird he's kind of a weird guy he kind of killed someone i i know i i i i I know i already established i have to leave in five minutes i think that's a bigger can of worms than uh, i'm sure we'll talk about it next week yeah yeah (laughs) i didn't know about that until recently and it kind of surprised me and explained things well it's it's a great episode that we just did a lot of good adventure time talk eric i love you got some great thoughts on this one um if this you guys was, are uh, this is a a pretty important episode for me i i didn't remember uh, until re watching it just now but yeah this was an important episode in my personal adventure time development love it <laughs> if you guys are loving it too uh you know tell a friend about the show we'd appreciate it keep spreading the gospel um if you want to send us an email we're at did you see the mail at gmail.com? You can find us on all social media. Um, yeah. Excited to keep making more of these, Eric. Me too. See you next week, y'all. Peace Bye. out. <laughs>